0: This is Leaf's Late Night, your night of post game podcast. Hosted by Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Gardy Broder. Yes. Clinched Put that little X in front of the Leaf's name because we have clinched a playoff spot, baby. Not only that, Austin Matthews scores not only his uh, 57th, but his 58th. Making it not only fifty in fifty games, but fifty-one in fifty games. What in God's green earth is happening with this man?
1: The gloat.
0: See, you suggested naming it the gloat, and then I think Dangles um LFR was called Gloat, so we would have been uh would have been mirroring them. Glad we didn't do that. <laughs> it, uh leaps took on the Canadians tonight. Big W. Big old W. So uh, Matthews opens the scoring, and then he opens the scoring again 20 seconds later. <laughs> this guy is just on an absolute tear. I cannot believe what we're witnessing. My dad called me before the game, and he's saying, like, you know, I've been watching this team for the better part of 60 years, and I've never seen anything like this. Like, this is insane.
2: No, it, it's like we we touched on it. It feels like almost every episode. Like, it, it's, we've never had a score like this. Nope. You, you can legitimately go into every game and say, yeah, there's a good chance I'm probably going to see him score tonight.
1: Not going to lie, when Matthews cried uh, after his standing ovation, I cried because he Aww. cried. And it was just an amazing moment. So glad they did that in the first period and showing Rick Fave there and everyone else. But Yeah.
0: So uh, Marner and uh, Geo picking up the assist on the first one, Bunting and Hall with assists on the second. I just have to shout out for a sec- for a, just a quick sec. Um, when I was at work on Friday, I was watching or talking about Matthews and how he'd scored, you know, his highest scoring Leaf and US born player. Cause that's just, you know, people that aren't normally fans when you tell them they're like, damn, that's actually really cool. Um, but one kid who was obviously a, I'm going to say either Habs or Sens fan. Maybe Boston could be one of those kind of people. Just says, yeah, it's too bad he doesn't have a team behind him, though. Like, oh, so <laughs> this is what people said. Leaves do not leave anyone's minds. I love it. <laughs> you all just keep hating. Keep it up. Just wait. And I,
2: I know I saw a couple people out and about on the Internet saying that, oh, he's not the highest scoring single season player, like American born player. But no, he is. Cause everybody's going to say Brett Hall, but Brett Hall was born in Belleville. Yeah, baby. So yes, he chose to play for USA and Olympics and stuff like that. I don't know why, but, um, yeah, he was born in Belleville. He was a dual citizen. That's pretty cool. Um,
0: so Leafs come out of the first period up to nothing. Uh, Michael Bunting taking a penalty because like I always say, he's good for one a game. Roughing on, of course, Chris Weidman, who then uh, also got two for cross-checking on Michael Bunting. Then Chris Weidman also got 10 minutes for misconduct and another two minutes for, for roughing on Michael Bunting. Oh, <laughs> my God. This escalated real quick.
1: One thing I did appreciate, though, be, uh, during the warm-up, uh, Weidman went over to Muzzin and gave him a little tap because we know he was the guy who sent him on, sent him on concussion protocol. So that was appreciated. And just to see the... You know the respect uh, given there, but yeah, the Leafs took over this first period. I mean, the shots were eighteen to eight for Toronto. Um, really good things happened. Uh, Shalgren denied call or Caulfield on a breakaway chance, so that's always nice to see. Before we get there, I know he did score one, but yeah, forty-second even strength goal of the year on that first one for Matthews. I think they said on the broadcast that. This was the, hi- I don't know if it was the highest in Leafs history, but it was up there in the charts in a se- single season for even strength goals.
0: Well, I know right now Matthews and Marner are, I think, number two and three for even strength points. Johnny Gaudreau's number one. And okay. uh, Leon is, I think, Bunting's number eight, Leon's nine, and McDavid is like 12.
2: Wow. But <clears throat> David's the better player...
0: Yeah, literally, Bunting is ahead of both of them. That's insane.
1: Another thing, too, in this first period, and I gotta bring it up because, you know, we've been shitting on Hall lately, and seeing the lineup today, you kind of want Lily back in because Hall played last game, but... On that second Matthews goal, if it wasn't for Hall pinching at the blue line there, he wouldn't have gotten that puck off Dolphin, which went to bunting and straight up to Matthews flying in, so kudos to Hall tonight. He had some pretty good plays.
0: Defensively, he was pretty rough, though. I mean, we'll get to the second period, but yeah, the Leafs were strong in the first. They basically controlled the entire period. Um, That's when you start to worry, especially with a, a rookie goalie, you know, when they're only facing a few shots, that One's going to squeak by. And I think that was kind of the story of the night is he didn't get much to stay hot. And, uh, you know, the odd one got by him. But at least we're able to keep pounding. Oh, yeah, I guess we we didn't talk about this. After the first goal, Jake Allen pulled something and Scott Montembeau had to come in. I was wondering at first, I'm like,
2: why are they pulling the goalie? It was one Oh, he got hurt. Oh, that's rough. That's you rough. Could, you could see it as he, he tried extra hard to throw that leg back across even a little bit more to try to stop Matthews. It, it instantly, you could see, yep, yep, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Malton Blanc coming in super cold on that second Matthews goal. He pretty much had no chance at that point. Uh, <laughs> unfortunate for him. But the rest of the game, I thought he was pretty solid for them.
0: Yeah, he was. I mean, he stopped... I don't know how many of the shots were his, but he only let in one for the rest of the game, which, man, Leafs were peppering him like crazy. So that uh, seems to be the only thing that can stop the Leafs lately. Nobody can get them get the control in their zone, but, man, they can uh, they can get goal lead still. It's going to be a problem. Anyway, second period, Joel Edmondson opens it for Montreal, making it 2-1. And this is the one where I think Justin Hall was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's – this was one of those goals that really bit the Leafs in the ass. Uh, Suzuki just bringing the puck behind the net and all four Leafs in front watching Suzuki and no one has Joel Edmondson in the slot. Uh, They're literally just waiting for – I don't know what they were doing, but – Joel is just standing there like okay perfect time perfect situation so that was totally on the defense there the I power mean, got kill. one
0: goal they weren't really expecting him to be the one to jump in and grab something
1: I can just see it now though on Dangles LFR later just the screenshot of all four Leafs standing there watching Suzuki and it was just like ugh, this is the type of play that needs to be cleaned up now until the playoffs though and just like that you know the the game gets almost, well, the, the league gets uh, cut in half.
2: Hey, yeah, you, and, you know who I mean, was on the ice the... for that one? Sorry? You know who was on the ice for that one? Who? Hall.
0: Yeah, I said that at the beginning.
2: I said Hall yeah. was in the wrong place the wrong time. <laughs> I know. I had to bring it up again.
0: <laughs> the first um, period
1: was the best. But it yeah, was. I, yeah.
0: <laughs> but the second period, uh, though, Pizzetta and Romanov both took... Uh, penalties jt riley and geo all took two minutes like there were a lot of bad calls in this game but also a lot of sloppy penalties the leafs took
2: a couple mm-hmm. tripping
0: calls i mean riley's was questionable felt like uh, i forgot who did he who did he trip again uh suzuki kind of skated into his stick and he had no choice but i mean it was in the third period but engvall's was real sloppy too right at the end there that high stick yeah engvall's was bad I mean, like, I get it. It's a Montreal game in garbage time, but like, come on.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate. And you just got to watch your stick. But I got to say, though, Labushkin did not get a penalty tonight. And hey, yay. He was not good for one penalty. So that's always a check on the list.
0: So uh, JT making it 3 1 with a spinorama. That's such a nice goal from a uh, pass from. Alex, and I'm going to say it. I forgot to mention this last time. I was watching the Bali Sports Dallas, and they were emphasizing Kerfoot. (laughs) It was very weird. I don't know where they got that from, but it was Kerfoot. Over to Alex Kerfoot. So Kerfoot sends it over to uh, Tavares, and he spins around and throws it towards the net, and it goes in. It was great.
2: Banks off rookie defender Jordan Harris' skate. Yeah,
0: I figured there was a bounce there. I didn't see the replay, but
2: yeah. It was a nice one.
1: Yeah. Law, you got to give credit to JT on this uh, goal, though. Good work along the boards, kept the play alive. Pitlick didn't have him whatsoever. Tries to dish it on the backhand. Mikaev recovers the rebound after, I think, Kerfoot touched it right beforehand because I believe Mikhaev was the guy who dished it to JT and then JT on the spinorama and it goes straight past um, Montemblanc. But other than that, you know, we always say all year long, put all pucks on the net, just pepper the guy, especially if it's a rookie goalie. But yeah, it worked.
0: It did. And then uh, Cole Caulfield makes it three to two and Pierre Engvall takes a high sticking call. So the game got real tight right at the end there, but Leafs managed to maintain their pressure and kill most of uh penalties that happened, and, you know, just, well, all of them, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't no do great scored. on the three-on-two, but...
1: Yeah, no one scored on the power play tonight. What? Nine total penalties, and or power plays, sorry, and no one could score.
0: Nope. They had the, the, sorry, not three and two. The five on three was not good either with the league mm-hmm. side. But mm.
2: uh, eh, that's okay. Leafs still yeah. win. They but. still have great um, special teams this year. They oh, do. Yeah.
0: And I mean, the pressure that, like, even if you don't score, being able to kill two minutes in the other team's end while you have the lead, I'll take it. Like, if you don't give up a shorthanded goal, it's still a win. So, okay. uh, first star, Austin Matthews. Second star, John Tavares third star mitch marner but that means we have to go to i'm feeling pretty good pretty 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 Why? pretty good we haven't done this in a while who was pretty good tonight who gets our fourth star of the night who wants to start it off how about you steph
1: i'm gonna give it to eric schlongren uh, i think he was <laughs> Prince <laughs> so- eric Hell yeah. Uh, he he looked great tonight. I know um, the, the couple goals, honestly, it wasn't his fault. Like I said, the four Leafs watching on the one play, unlucky bounce off Muzzin's shin that went to right on Cole Caulfield's stick on another play. Um, other other than that, Schlongrin was great, and I got to give it to him.
2: How about you, Beans? I'm not doing it because of the goals. You can take the goals right out of it. Matthews, strictly based on his fire tonight. I don't know if it's because the standing O he got from the crowd cheering him on or what the Habs did the last time they played us or what they did in the playoffs last year. But he was throwing the body around. And I'm not talking little bumps. Like he was laying heavy hits into Petrie and some of the oh, guys yeah. who were around last year. So I'm. It's the easy answer because he scored two goals. But there was, there's always more to his game. Just there was a, a, a that little extra tonight. Okay, fine. You can break the rules and pick Matthews even though he's too far. <laughs> Um,
0: I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm split between Blackwell and Engvall because I think they were both really good tonight. But I'm going to go with Engvall even though he didn't score. He has been so hot lately and the amount of chances he has and how much pep in his step he's got, you know? Just...
1: It's mm-hmm. great. Special oh. shout out though to our boy Libushkin. Uh yeah, Ten Libushkin. hits tonight.
0: Oh shit!
1: Yeah, and Marner add another seven to the list under the hit category. Wow! <laughs> like these Damn, last he's couple really games, throwing them. Yeah, yeah.
0: I would just like to say the Leafs out total. hit Montreal forty three to thirty two. I don't think the Leafs have out hit a team and. By more than ten in a long time, maybe all season.
1: Mm-hmm. But um, Luke Man asked on our Discord just question, and I wonder what you guys think too. Shout out to the Discord,
0: just... hit us up for the link. Yeah, it's not a Leafs late night Discord, but there's some Leafs late night um, shadow Challenge. government to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's um, all the best things all in one spot. So definitely check it, it is. Out. But uh what adjustment did the Habs make to slow us down? Good question.
2: Um, um Take it Beaner. To me it almost just looked like they actually just started to try to play. Like the Leafs did the same thing to them they did they did to Dallas, and they just hopped out on them right away and were just hammering everything and going and going. And then the Habs finally kinda woke up. I don't I didn't see any specific change now i could be wrong but i didn't see any specific okay they they clogged up the neutral zone more or they hit more or anything like that they basically just started playing um and they got a couple saves not that alan wouldn't have if he didn't get hurt but it was quite an eventful first couple minutes that's for sure mm-hmm.
0: yeah i'd say adjustment wise Brendan Gallagher probably just yelled at the team at the end of the first period and was like, guys, come on. I don't care what place we're in. Like, I'm not losing to the Leafs. <laughs> like, you know he's the only one that's still, like, he wants to fight every night, and he will get everything out of these kids. So, uh, I don't know. I Like you said, I think they just woke up.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, um, also- Bobby
0: Gosh, did Shalgren look solid out there or what? What do you think, Steph?
1: Hell yeah. That's why I gave him my pretty good because, you know, he he came in even earlier this week and or started and then Campbell took over. I was hoping that he'd have a good game tonight and bounce back and kind of just let the past go if it's bothering him at all. I don't know. We just think about the mental game for these Leafs players. But hey, this is a great bounce back game and we'll take the win all day long.
0: Exactly. Love it. Thanks, Bobby Gosh. Uh Mike, MTC underscore 80. Are you prepared for Leafs Bruins in round one? I, for one, cannot wait. My soul needs it more than anything. I would love to see it. Um My favorite just to watch, I think, would be Leafs Bruins or Leafs Tampa. I don't like the Florida matchup. They're just such a pain in the ass, man.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I totally agree, Mike. Uh, I cannot wait to see Boston in the first round. I really hope we end the all the misery and just sh- show them how it's done. But uh, yeah, very excited for that.
0: Oh, and good timing—we just got another question one minute ago from Daniela at Go Leafs A. What changes would you make to the lineup before the playoffs start, Beiner? How about you start this one?
2: Um, I'll. I'll take the obvious one, put Hall up with the bag of popcorn up in the press box and bring Lily back. Like if from the sounds of it, it's not looking good that they're going to be able to bring Nyes in. Not that there's a lot of room in the forward core, but um, if, if you could talk him into foregoing the rest of his college eligibility, then maybe him coming up would be good and you can just continue to rotate forwards in the the lower two lines. Um, But it's it's starting to get crowded because I don't think Blackwell should be pulled out at all with how he's been playing. He's been way too consistent. No, I agree. He's like a little Energizer bunny down there. Um, And yeah, Hall, I don't know what Keefe's obsession is to try to continue to put Hall in. So, Lily's, Lily's got to come back in. Him and Geo played incredible together. So, that'd be me. I totally Steph, agree. About you?
1: I totally agree about Blackwell. Um, I think he should never be scratched. Uh, I realize I sent out a tweet saying, Abrazezi, I totally screwed up today. I had to delete that. I, t- I meant Blackwell all the way. I guess I was just reading Abrazezi's name somewhere else and was typing it out. But, uh, no, and... I, the one part I disagree with is the nice part. Um, I think a lot of people are forgetting about Caché and uh, where he'll fit in the lineup when he returns. Um, I'd rather take a guy like Caché who is obviously hungry as hell. He has experience and we know he can play literally anywhere. So I would try and make room for Caché when he's healthy. Um, I realize. This is very difficult, but at the same time, it's a good problem to have because if we do lose guys to injury, we have about three of them ready to step up at any point in time. So, yeah, um, Lily for sure, too. Yeah, you got to give Lily a chance. So,
0: Yep, I agree.
1: It's going to be a rotation. That's for sure. It's a good
0: problem to have uh, having too many forwards and too many defenders going into the playoffs because as we've seen, people get hurt real quick. Mm-hmm. And fingers crossed, it's not something serious, and somebody just pulls something or gets a bruised knee, at the most. Holy. Can I throw
2: a suggestion of what Darty would say? What's that? <laughs> we we got to get Hutton up here. We got to send shalgren back down. We got to yeah. get Hutton up here to back Campbell up. Come on now. Why trade here, for him if you're not going to use him? Here here's the Darty impression. Why is Carter Hutton not on plane?
0: All the way back to Toronto, <laughs> so we can be backing him up, and we can be getting this Chalgrin kid as good as he is. I mean, we love this kid; he's been great. But we're gonna send him back down to the Marlies because they need help. But we gotta get Carter Hutton, who's actually got some NHL experience. All right, gotta have an NHL goaltender in the back, and just uh, we can't be doing this, guys. We're going to the playoffs,
2: man. <laughs> yeah, we, we love out. you, dirty. It's- <laughs> 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 oh
0: okay so um we got a lot to talk about after the break so we're gonna go to break quick here and when we come back we're gonna do a interesting rule from another sport in another part of the world and how that could maybe be applied to hockey and oh my god what did the niagara ice Dogs do? all that and more after the Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. And uh, during the break, Maple Leaf fans sent us... Were you laughing at my accent there, Steph? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, Maple Leaf <laughs> fan sent us a question over the break there. So, 10 games left. Does Marner hit 100 points? Needs 10. Does Matthews hit 65 goals? Needs 7. It's only been done 24 times in NHL history and only once in the last 26 years. Does Bunting win rookie even points race? He's first by 3 points right now. Does Toronto catch Florida? 8 points back. Okay, we'll do this one at a time. Does Marder hit 100 points? Yes. Yes. His pace has been stupid. Uh, Does Matthews hit 65 goals? Yeah. Yes. That's that's probably going to happen. He's going to beat Ovi's record. He's going to finish with 67. Hot take. Love it. I think he's just going to get 69. (laughs) (laughs) He has to. It would be fun. Um, It's only been done 24 times. Okay, does Bunting win rookie point race? Yes, winning uh, playing with these two guys for the rest of
2: the season. Yeah, rookie point race. Yes, but I still don't think he wins rookie of the year. Yeah, maybe not. We've talked about that a lot. Uh, does Toronto
0: catch Florida? I don't know. I don't think so. They do no. have to play them again.
1: I don't. No, think so. I don't.
2: I don't think so either. Florida's got. Anaheim, Winnipeg, Detroit, Islanders, Detroit, Toronto, Tampa, Boston, Ottawa, Montreal. Yeah, no, no way. They've got a fairly favorable schedule going down the stretch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so
0: I need to just look up this person's, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, so I want to talk about something interesting I saw on a John Boy video. So he's been doing cricket takes and cricket highlights, Mm -hmm. as I mentioned weeks and weeks ago. And there was one interesting play where this cricket star, MS Dhoni, who's like 40, 40 years old. He's like massive star. And obviously we don't get cricket over here. So uh, dude's got like 38 million followers on Instagram, just a level of stardom that we do not understand for a sport that doesn't exist here. Anyway. So MS Dhoni makes a diving catch for a ball that was tipped off of a bat. And As he catches it, it tips off it, it clearly hit the ground, but he throws his hand up like he made the catch, but then what pauses for a second and then draws a box with his hands, which means go to replay because maybe I didn't catch this. So what's first interesting is that he called this on himself and I'll get to why after. So the refs then go, all right, let's go to the replay. What's then important here is the refs do not have to make a call in the moment before they go to it and then choose to overturn or confirm the call. They can just say, all right, we don't know. Let's go to the replay and find out. Also interesting. So they then go to the replay to watch it. We then get a live broadcast feed on TV of the refs watching the replays talking about what they're seeing, asking for different angles, saying, oh, there, you can see the ball touches the ground. Do you have the other side of this? Can we see the front? Okay, yep. Take it back a frame. There it is. Yep, definitely it hit the ground. Okay, let's take it back. Then they go back and they tell everybody, yep, yeah, it was an incomplete uh, catch. Batter's safe. Hmm. Can you imagine this level of cooperation between players and referees in the NHL? No. So let's talk about any piece of this potentially being implemented, whether it's broadcasting refs, whether it's uh, not having to make calls before you go to the box. And the final thing which I was going to talk about, which is that Donny called this on himself. The reason that he did was because at the end of each game, each team is awarded points based on respecting the game, respecting the rules, respecting the officials and respecting other players. And it's a maximum of 10 points per game awarded by the referees to each team. And at the end, there is a separate award given to the team that finishes in first place of that. So you lose points in that race by, say, they had gone to the review because the other team said, hey, I don't think he caught that. And they review it. They say, okay, so Dhoni should have called on himself that he didn't make the catch. So we're going to deduct two out of the 10 points they could have made there. So this is why the players are respectful of the game. The refs are respectful of the players because everybody is working together to create a better environment for the game and better respect for the rules and a better product for everybody to watch. Interesting. So with that, what do you guys think? Is any part of this reasonable in hockey? Shaking
2: Head-shaking head shaking, beaner. Bean. Tell me why. <laughs> I, I'd like... The concept of it um i just i don't think it's doable now granted i will completely admit i know nothing about cricket so i don't know the differences sport wise like between speed and that i know obviously it's not played on the ice but that's about it um I just Grant,
0: no, just to, to pause there for a sec it is a game that historically has been known for being slower but they have done a lot of rule changes in the last couple decades to try to speed it up for the modern era and um, yeah that, but also it has probably number wise more fans than any other sport in the world so there is something to be said about this affecting or not affecting the people that watch it
2: yeah, yeah. um <sighs> There's too much, in in my opinion, there's too much going on in hockey for this to happen. Because where would you draw the line? Is it just on goals? Is it on goals and offsides? Is it on penalties? Is it on potential goal stopping plays? There's so much going on. And then further to that, I don't think the refs union would allow that kind of clarity on what's being said to and from the war room to the ice so not what's that- the argument to counter that then
0: like if they were to say if
2: everyone if
0: the the players union and the gms and the owners said hey we want to do this and only the refs union said no we're not broadcasting ourselves what would be the argument in that room for them to not
2: just lose this and just stall this argument out? i i'm not sure what's how that would go i just i the players don't want like a lot of them didn't like the replays coming in at first because of it potentially quote-unquote slowing down the game right and i don't think it's done that to this point but we don't review everything we only review a handful of things some say there should be room to open that up a little bit more but it's still a slippery slope and you got to be careful what you do and then yeah, not not that it's right, but I, I still don't think the refs would stand for it. And I don't know who would win that, but we, as much as we dislike them right now, you need the refs. Well, I think
0: for all the fans at home to know what is going on, I think the refs win here because you get to hear from their side. It's like we were talking about the other night when there was that call that was made and they, the refs came over to the bench and explained what happened. And everybody was like, OK. That makes sense. Like why the call, I forget what it specifically was. It was something on Marner, I think. And um, in this case, you get to hear what they're saying, why they're making the decision, the the decision that they end up coming to. And I think everybody as fans get to go, Oh, I understand more of how the reps work or, Hey, that was a bad call. We should maybe talk about this. And you get to see who is doing their job properly. And I think that's better for the game. Like,
2: but are what's your thoughts? Just goals, or goals well, I think and anything penalties? that we
0: already review. I'm not saying adding any more mm-hmm. reviewable things. I'm saying the things that we do already review, like uh, like goal tender interference, and if something's offside. Like, why not anytime they're going to the the situation room and they're talking to each other? Why don't we get to hear what they're saying? That's all this is.
1: I agree it would be so nice to just hear the logic behind what they're thinking. And I was really disappointed that, that that question uh, one-on-one scenario didn't happen with that ref. Who was it that was supposed to come on live and answer questions from the fan, from the public Uh, last week, there was a referee that was supposed to do that. But anyways, um, it would be interesting just to see what's going on in their mind, but keep, My perspective, too, I'm I'm with Bean. I don't know much about cricket. To me, it's baseball with a paddle and no gloves. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I honestly do not know anything. So I apologize to the listeners. So I get it where they can take the time to review because we know it's going to be a long game anyway. But with hockey, it's almost next to impossible to implement that completely unless a rule changes like the first thing that come came to my mind was kind of like you know how each team gets one timeout maybe each team can get one allowance to challenge something like challenge one play or like a different type of challenge you know what i mean so that but, but they- you
0: guys okay sorry but you guys are both talking about slowing the game down i'm not talking about adding anything that isn't already there. I'm talking about transparency in the calls that are being made. Like, yeah, like we're not adding challenges to new things. Like, all I'm saying is more transparency and clarity in what the refs are saying and how they're coming to the, the decisions that they are, and whether this was a goal, why this isn't goaltender interference, because one of the most inconsistent things we've seen is, you know, somebody knocks the goalie over, puck goes in, goal doesn't count. Somebody knocks the the goalie over, puck goes in, it counts. Why did or, one count not the other one? So if or we whether have was audio exact or whether it's kicking or not, exactly. So if we have the audio so we understand what it is they're looking for, it makes the game make more sense to fans and you get less outrage when these calls are made. Like it's a win win for both sides. And I I think it's something worth exploring.
1: Yeah. When you when you put it that way, definitely. I'm totally on board. Uh, I'm just thinking of actual reviewing the play and such. And I know that's a kind of stemming off from the topic, but I agree with well, you, Johnny. It, I, no,
0: I get what you say, because he did, like it does start with the fact that, um, Doni did call for a review on his catch,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: I mean, that's whether someone's out or not. So that's kind of equivalent to what we already review in hockey. So it's not crazy that he made that. I guess the other part of it is, is the refs being able to go to review before they make a decision, which I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Because that's something that is really kind of annoying with the NHL is they have to c- make a call on the ice and then it's up to the coaches to challenge it. You know, if something happens where the refs go, okay, we got to take a second look at this. Like, I don't want to call this a goal. I don't want to call this nothing. I just, we just want to say, Hey, we're going to the, the, uh, the monitor on this one.
1: Yeah. I want to hear what they're, what they're saying when it comes to the kick or not a kick when it comes to all that good stuff. Plus it would be nice to have that opportunity. Let's just say, for example, the game is on the line and then one team goes on the power play minutes left and then that's the game changer. If the opposing team had the chance to maybe challenge the penalty to see if it was even warranted to begin with, that could be an interesting concept to introduce into the game to get that other side. If that makes sense. I don't know if I'm painting the picture clearly or not.
0: I think the overarching discussion that this is at the end of the day is what makes the sport more enjoyable to watch? Is it the game being played by the rules and allowing skill to prevail over anything else? Or is it watching people go out and play a game and all the things that come with that? Because that's kind of where this is like it's how much do we want to see skill be the main driving factor of the game and how much do we want physicality and I mean, I'm not saying like fighting and and checking and things I'm saying like actually, you know, the everything else that comes with competitiveness.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, the excuse me, it's tough, right? It is tough.
0: It's like an existential question of sports. Like, what do you actually, what's more enjoyable to see? I mean, really what sells the game? It's highlight reels and stars. Who are the the biggest people? It's everyone likes watching Z Michigan goals and, and McDavid going through four defenders and, and Matthew's doing the same the other night. And, you know, those are the things that make it. It's not like people aren't looking up fights and big hit things anymore. It's the goals that are getting people into the game. And I think encouraging that is a good thing. And I, th- I just feel like the league is a bit lost on who they're selling the game to right now. And they have to take a step back and look at what has the most views on different like TikTok and YouTube and things like what are people looking up and, you know, who are the biggest stars of other sports? You've got like LeBron and like they made this point of the dangle. Like, you know, what, what do you not want to see? You want to take slam dunks out of basketball and home runs out of baseball? It's like you want to see stars be stars. And I think if you're going to make the the rules in a way that you're rewarding people for just being big and stopping
2: stars, like what is the game? What are you selling? Well, the way the rules are, you're not really rewarding them for doing that if they're enforced properly. But they're not. And that's my yeah. point is like the way that the, the game is structured as Gary Bettman
0: would like it to be called. And the refs have chosen to call it people that are bigger in size and throw punches instead of shots, are as equal or sometimes greater value to teams than people that can score goals. And I think that's where this league is starting to get lost. They need to decide who is more important, what sells this game, and what is the next generation interested in.
1: Well, nowadays, you can skill it up and still get punched in the face. So,
0: Yeah, for (laughs) hot-dogging. Stupid take.
1: Yeah, like... (laughs) I see your point, Johnny. But there's always going to be the fan base that is there for the fights, there there for the hits, and calling for more physicality. I, I know there's.
0: Oh no, I agree, but I think that fan base is shrinking.
1: It is. You're right, definitely, because you know, and I think the
0: players coming in are are not on board with that type of play either. Like, look at Ziggys Milano and Terry.
1: Well, even look at Matthews and Marner. They came into the league 2015-2016, and that was six, seven years ago, and they did not come into the league with this physical outlook on their play. I mean, and they got chirped for it so hard, especially Matthews. And I've even said it, like, this is a big boy. He should be throwing his bot around a little more. But they came into the league literally like they were untouchable in a sense. Like they were like exactly we're saying
0: he should throw his body around a little more and he just broke the Leafs all-time scoring record in a season so what do we really want out of Austin Matthews we want him to score fucking goals and that's what he's doing yeah that's what's more interesting to everybody no one in a week from now is going to be talking about a hit he threw the other game they're going to be talking about the fact that he is scoring two goals a game like it's no one's business this is the point I'm trying to make is that stars scoring goals is what everybody no matter what like in the moment you think like yeah I I love seeing you know these hits and everything we're not talking about getting rid of hits I'm talking about like headshots and stricter penalties for for unwarranted fights and shots to the head and like we've already seen this game this is like the fifth game now since the GM meeting that we've seen these 10 minute misconducts handed out so at least they're taking a step there
1: Yeah, I think that's the fine line to this conversation, that we do not want to get twisted. We encourage physicality, hitting still exists. What we do not want, like you said, hits to the head, people on the ice who is getting pulverized for absolutely no reason, anything that's literally dangerous and unwarranted for no good reason, obviously hockey is physical. This is a physical sport, but we can eliminate all these bonehead plays and still skill it up at the same time.
0: Yeah. And to tie it up, the last thing with these points for sportsmanlike conduct, I think it's a stretch because hockey tends to be a very like, I don't know, the chirps are what run the hockey world, right? I don't think these guys are ever going to be sportsmanlike to each other, but I think rewarding them for having this mutual respect with the refs is a step in the right direction to rebuilding what has clearly fallen apart between refs and coaches and players. Like nobody's on the same page right now. Mm -hmm. So I think if you implement something where the refs are rewarded for, like we said, they're, you know, they're broadcasting things. They're rewarded for the understanding of everybody's, sorry, they're rewarded for everybody understanding how complicated their jobs are. And the players are rewarded for on the ice respecting that as well. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it's a stretch to hand out a cup for it and tr- keep track of it, but I think it's an interesting thing that uh, cricket's able to do.
1: From my perspective, anyways, when it come when we just jump back to the whole penalty thing, the referee thing, you know, reviewing plays, etc. Our today we're introducing sports betting, live betting. You know how much this is going to impact play? Like, I mean, it's already hard enough betting on NHL to begin with just because of how unpredictable things are. But fans are not going to trust betting on NHL games if they cannot trust officiating. So it's it's one of those things for me anyways because everyone knows, like, I love to bet on sports and gamble. But, yeah, it just, I'm always iffy. I'm always like, Ugh. Like, especially if it's first cert- certain opponents, like the Leafs versus Boston, for example, or the Jets, where things just get way out of hand for no good reason.
0: Exactly. And th- to take it even back to betting, like you're saying, to have consistency and knowing that stars are going to score makes betting easier on the game. Like, yes, it, like consistency is not guaranteed, but knowing that these guys aren't going to be injured, like I was just talking about on the break, Max Pacioretty in 29 29- so thirty now games he's played this year. He has thirty points, but it's almost the end of the season, and he's only played thirty games. That's a problem. Like I know he's kind of made of glass. I call him the glass animal. But <laughs> like having stars injured is not good when
2: you're trying to launch betting across North America. You know, if you want to talk about betting in hockey, though, you also got to get the coaches on board. Who was it? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I for some reason I think it was Barry who was asked before the one game what what goalie is going to start for and he goes oh one of them yeah <laughs> like you, you, Thanks, bud. like
0: they forced football into announcing who their starting quarterbacks were going to be when they brought betting in they're like look you guys got to tell us you can't do this game time decision shit yeah so I I feel like they're just the sports companies have a lot of power to just step in and say guys look Bettman tell these guys we need to know by. Like 8 a.m. which goalie is starting or this isn't going to work.
1: Yeah. And tell Yahoo, please, because they never get the message and we're all hurting over here. So, yeah.
0: Vegas's game started at 10 and Max Patch was pulled off IR at 9.15 p.m. Are you joking? How are anybody? How is anyone supposed to keep track of this? I was just lucky enough to catch it before we got on here and I, I dropped somebody to activate him. He scored thank god
1: good old yahoo giving you the updates sometimes even after the game starts then you can't even change your roster it's brutal um for listeners out there i say the best method is to check out the team's twitter they usually have uh
2: updates but yeah, yeah. or switch to fan tracks oh did i say that oh.
0: okay so <laughs> uh, i hate that we have to talk about another one of these stupid fucking things with these stupid fucking Okay, so dumb owners of a dumb OHL team. Billy Burke and uh, Joey Burke of the Niagara Ice Dogs were um, promptly put on uh, suspension by the OHL indefinitely. And they were not happy about it because uh, apparently a WhatsApp conversation was leaked. And that's just, that's not okay. You know, they said things in a private conversation. I'm going to get to what their actual statement was. But uh, we have the... A screenshot of it here. I'm going to try to censor myself here. Um, so Billy Burke, OHL shows one goal on the highlights. Who the fuck runs this shit? Send me fucking Parari's number. We win for nothing. And they present it like it's one nothing. Send me the fucking number. Send me Kyle P's number. And then it gets even like I, that's me saying what I can without this being explicit. It gets even worse. Um, And it gets on the verge of not on the verge of it gets like homophobic and sexist and um, his I think it's are they brothers Billy and Joey.
2: I believe so. so. I don't know if it's a father son thing
0: or brothers. I'm not sure. I didn't look into that. So anyway, Joey jumps in and drops a couple more lovely, colorful words and basically saying like calling people derogatory things and asking for numbers and saying how bullshit it is the coverage they get um oh my god like i i wish i can't really read this like in good conscience but it is so brutal uh did you guys see what their statement was to apologize
1: you mean yes yeah. the, the the, i mean I, I mean
0: saying saying apologize is even much yeah. So here, I'm just going to read it out. Just, I'm going to get the gist of it at the beginning here. We are devastated by the sanctions brought down upon us and the Niagara Ice Dogs by the Ontario Hockey League. Okay. Certain media outlets are taking liberties, speculating on what was said and about whom. To be clear, we were venting in a private hockey WhatsApp group chat about the perceived lack of coverage from the league after a win. Unfortunately, we did use profane language, but it was not racial in any sense, nor was it abusive or directed at any Ice Dogs staff member male or female, or any players. Embarrassed by our text, we deleted them right away and apologized directly to our female staff for vulgar slang word that was used. So it it wasn't vulgar or derogatory to women, but we apologized to our female staff for said vulgar derogatory word. Okay, uh, We apologized to everyone involved in the chat for the language and tone, even though there was no language or tone to be apologized for per their previous message, um, long before we knew the chat and was leaked. It should also be noted that in the 14 years that we have worked for the team, we have never had a complaint brought against us or any of our staff for inappropriate language or behavior towards a staff or player. Um, If that's how you talk, I'm not surprised nobody's come forward with any complaints of abuse, because that does not sound like a very safe work environment. Yeah. Like, if it takes someone leaking a screenshot of a WhatsApp group to get their boss fired, you know that there is literally no other way and nobody that you can come forward to because everybody is under the thumb of some abusive uh, employers.
2: Holy shit. Yeah, it's... In, in a sense, it's just as horrible as it is, it's good that it's getting out and it's actually getting dealt with, right? So that you don't have... Like, yes, this wasn't directed towards players, but look at how long Kyle Beach had to suffer for what happened. I know it's not to the same extent, but. But no, I mean, if this is how they talk about, if this
0: is how they freely talk about reporters and everybody, like, you know, it's one of those things where they say, oh, it was in a private chat. Like the things that you say in private are the things that you're feeling like that's that's those are the words that you use when nobody's around. Like that says a lot about
2: you. It's like the old saying, drunken words are sober thoughts, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it, you guys. Um, It's so irritating because these are leaders in this (laughs) league. Um, They govern and they're the minority owners of the team. So it's not just like a random head coach and whoever. Like These guys are the two big shots in the league. And it, the thing that just gets me is like, yes, we use profane, langu- profane language. La la la. It wasn't abusive. It wasn't this. So, what do you categorize these words as? Last time I checked, when you call someone a C-U-N-T and an fag and all these other names, that is derogatory. That is homophobic. Especially like calling women fags. Like this. This is not okay whatsoever. This only speaks to the type of person people that they are like you guys said it's in a part of their daily language
0: yeah it's a good point like what is their bar for what is derogatory language because like that is uh, there's probably one word in there one word that's not in there that you know you could set the bar at like is that it like that's where we're going to draw it okay so everything else is fair game okay cool
2: and what what's super almost- healthy environment What's almost even more horrifying is the fact that it's not the ECHL or the AHL; it's a junior league. They're dealing with kids on a daily basis. Yes, that's a really I know good point. A lot of people look at seventeen, eighteen, nineteen-year-olds as adults, which legally they are, but they're still kids. Well, mm-hmm. OHL,
0: some of them are sixteen.
2: Yeah, yes. if you if you get granted exceptional exceptional status, you can be there at fifteen.
1: Yeah, and they're just turning into arrogant, cocky little pricks, unfortunately, and they're being taught how to act and how they should be. And, you know, the second quote that really gets me is the whole, um, oh, it should be noted that in 14 years, this has never happened, la, 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 literally right after this came out countless people went on twitter shared their experiences one stuck out to me i wish i wrote down the name but it was a female reporter um shared her story pretty much saying that the second that these owners did not um uh appreciate what she was doing for for, or sorry the whole story was that she didn't want to work for free and she wasn't going to work for free and the outcome of that was that she was just called some or another dyke like lovely why is using any term under the lgbt spectrum a diss like why is saying that so gay a diss like why is being gay a diss why is being a fag a diss why is like we're past this this is like get a dictionary guys this is embarrassing like (laughs) like just stop
0: Well, and and this is what we're saying is if this is what's coming from your ownership, and you're teaching 16, 17 year olds that are going up into other leagues, like, this is what happens, you you need leadership that is fostering a a better environment, because these kids in the generation they're growing up in, this is the only place where they're going to learn that, like, this is not coming from, you know, the media they're consuming, unless they're really looking for it, like, this isn't really out there anymore. So, this is the biggest influence they have is the, the leadership in their locker room and from the management. And if this is how they talk, of course it's going to rub off on them. And then we see all these cases still like, it's no wonder that junior hockey and, and major league hockey is one of the few places that you still see this. So rampant. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: yeah. Yes. I don't. Sorry. Sorry, being... Steph.
2: No, I was just going to say that was Rachel Dory. Um, she Thank works you. for the Canucks. I, I remembered seeing that posted saying that she, when she basically told him she wasn't going to work for free back in 2019, that that's Thank you, one of yeah. the words that she actually typed out in her tweet, but they didn't respond kindly to it. Yeah. Lovely.
1: And like, I don't want to have to bank on all of these young male players. You know, I just hoping that they turn out to be excellent gentlemen in the future. Like I don't want to have to bank on their parents just, teaching them better. Like these guys spent their entire lives playing hockey. Like their coaches are their mentors. Like this is, they surround themselves in this environment, their entire lives. (laughs) Like, it's just, oh, it's so frustrating. But
2: yeah. And
0: with the amount of time that these kids spend, like in order to get to this level of playing in hockey, you're spending most of your life in the locker room. Like this is, you're here more than you're at school, more than you're with friends. Like this is where they're learning the majority of their life skills. And you can't be learning things like this. Like this isn't the first time this season where we've talked about an OHL
2: team where it's like, is this where you want to send your kids
0: off to?
1: Yeah.
2: I I was just going to say that like it ultimately is just going to hurt the credibility and the strength of the league. The quality of the players is going to go down because you're going to have parents putting their foot down. They're not going to let their 16 year old play for the Niagara Ice Dogs or I don't want to throw another team under the bus because I say the Flint Firebirds because they were a little sketchy the last couple of years.
0: Well, who's <laughs> the one that um, the Blackhawks deal with? Cause they had something happen right after like, it was a couple months well, ago. That was Rockford. That's the AHL though. Oh, okay. Like they, they, I'm just talking was another junior, OHL junior, story right? we talked about this year though. And I can't remember which team it was.
2: Um, anyway. Yeah. And anyways, it, it's, it's going to push a lot better players to the NCAA route. Which there's nothing wrong with that. We're seeing great players come out of NCAA, jump right into the league. Look oh, at yeah. McCarr. McCarr looks like Caulfield. he did not miss a beat. Well, Caulfield until he got his coach fired. <laughs> hey, he was good last year too. Come, when he came right into the NHL out
0: of uh, college. Yep.
1: Okay. Okay. Speaking so. of Caulfield, guys, right? Just quickly, right after the game tonight, um, of course, Andrew Berkshire <laughs> tweets. Cole Cole is the Habs most dynamic forward since blank quote your answer. I there was a there was a um, tweet right after just replying saying wow Canadians fans setting the bar pretty pretty low uh, I don't mean for his height and then post a pick of his stats uh his career he has uh, 42 points in 66 games played and it is a minus 20. <laughs> Is it too early to be saying Cole Caulfield is the most dy- dynamic forward since? Come on, uh, yeah, way too early. Yeah,
0: let's let them have a decent season first. Like, mm-hmm. let's ask that next next year. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so with that, let's go into uh, something new. Ooh. So this is some fun casino music because we have a new betting segment. Yay. Yay. So with the new launch of sports betting all over in Ontario, we're going to help you out. So that means that we've got our five for five picks as Sudhi has coined. Uh, And what this means is we're going to have different picks from Steph and Sudhi and you're going to choose which of your hosts are your favorite that you're going to line your picks up with and you get to compete along with them, and uh, watch other games and the scores around the league. Yeah, stuff you bet on things. I don't. You take it away.
1: So, just a little, you know, just getting a little competitive uh, with the sports betting. Um, Sadie and I did a four-game parlay today. Uh, I know it was supposed to be five for five, but first time, bear with us. Um, got a little excited last night, not gonna lie. Uh, put a twenty-five dollar bet down on four teams, so essentially my bets all have to. So pick. it was a
0: four for twenty-five, not a five for five. Sorry, guys, we're off to a great start. Yeah,
1: already great. <laughs> but uh, I asked, I asked the the peeps on Instagram to see what they would pick uh, with comparison to my picks. Um, Just for more context, so if all four of my picks would have hit tonight, the return would have been $350.34 from the $25 bet. So the first game that I picked, so it was Washington versus Pittsburgh. Who's going to win? I had to go with Washington because they were plus in the odds, and 67% of Instagram who responded actually said Washington, and they won today, so... Yay! Next though, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Detroit and Columbus Blue Jackets. This was an over/under, but uh, it was either over or under for six point five. Hundred percent of Instagram said under, um, and I picked over, and the score, uh. I think it went to OT actually today. Yeah, it was 5-4 for the Blue Jackets in OT. So we won the overs. Yes, two for two. Nice. But um, the third game, Anaheim and Philly. So 60% of Insta who responded said Philly would win. Southey, on the other hand, actually went with Anaheim. Um, I went with Philly just because Anaheim has lost 10 out of the last 11 games they've played. And before their win on April 1st, they had an 11 game losing streak. Did anyone notice this?
0: Yep. I heard that on 32 Thoughts and I was like, I did a double take. I'm like, what the fuck? Yep. Since when? <laughs>
1: yeah. So Philly was winning to or was up to nothing in the first period, unfortunately, uh, Anaheim came back and won at 5-3, so we did not get the parlay, and the Vancouver and San Jose game is still going on, I bet, um, over 5.5 for that, but uh, yeah, just a little uh, guide into kind of what parlays are like, and it's it's can get really, really interesting, especially when you have 3 out of 4 hitting, 2 out of 4, etc., 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 I wish Southey was here next time. Yeah, we'll so next to- time
0: next time he's on, we'll get the real head-to-head going and we can put up uh, you know maybe some picks for the next night. People can go with either yours or uh Suthi's. And lastly, uh, Beaner, you've got a today in hockey history.
2: I do. This day, way back in nineteen thirty-two. Whoa. Whoo. Ninety years ago. The Leafs defeated. The New York Rangers six to four for a three nothing series sweep to clinch their first Stanley Cup as the maple Leafs oh. wow that's pretty cool so
0: clinching again that's a that's a really fun one nice. thank you for that
1: awesome wow all
0: right and I know I mentioned the discord earlier but uh, here's just a little more detail hit us up if you want the link for it We had a Leafs chat on Instagram or uh, sorry on Twitter that was um, I don't know we don't really know who started it but about thirty so of us kind of stuck around. We have migrated over to Discord and we are trying to expand. There's uh, lots of different channels. There's general you know just just chit chat, but we have our live chat during games. Uh, You can share links and memes, NHL news. There's Blue Jays chat going on and we talk about the weather. We've got a whole (laughs) fantasy channel. And uh, Leafs Late Night, we have our own little tab on the side. So if you have questions you want to send us, uh, we can keep that all separate in its own little thing. Uh, we've also got voice channels going so we can all hang out. And it also gives us the ability to host live events. So uh, in the future, once we get some more people in there, we can do some, you know, watching the Leaf game with Leafs Late Night or a live post game, whatever it may be. But uh, that ability is now there. Also fun for the off season when we're going to be looking for some stuff to talk about and do (laughs) maybe we can do like live draft day or trade deadlines all that kind of stuff
1: yeah essentially it's your twitter dms your insta dms but very organized into different types of chat rooms Uh, i'm new as well so don't be scared guys come join us to the dark side and it'll be lots of fun
0: Yeah, the game chat was popping off tonight. Um, JoJo was at the game sending pictures from her seat, which was really fun. Uh, We have a rule that if you are at the game, you have to send a picture from wherever you are. Keep us all updated. Um, Yeah, and like I said, we talk about Jays and Raptors and other stuff going on. So it's a fun place for all things Toronto Sports. Shoot me a message or uh, Steph a message or, uh, you know, find us. We'll send you the, the, uh, the link for it. Anyway, that's it. Leafs late night. Anything you guys want to close with? I'm good. Buffalo next. Score prediction.
1: Owen Power Debut.
0: Oh yeah. Owen Power
2: Debut. That'll be fun. Yeah, 4-2. We'll give him a couple minuses. Yeah,
0: Leafs win again though. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. Yep. So that's what's today's Saturday. So was that Tuesday? Game. I believe so, yeah. Cool. I'll be there. I'm back in the office, so I'm good to go with you guys. I'll be here Tuesday and Thursday for Buffalo and Capitals. Love it. Nice. You're listening to Leaf's Light Night.
1: Bye.
2: Follow
0: us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night. your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Too tired for this shit.